0: Hey everyone! Welcome back to Blurred Blogs. I'm Chloe. I'm Putra. I'm
1: Sophie.
2: And I'm Andrew.
0: And last episode, we had the pleasure of speaking with Shivek Narang and learning
3: a bit about the teen brain and mental health awareness. Today, we have Anthony Ribello, Executive Director of the World Awareness Association. Welcome, Anthony. Could you give a little bit of an introduction on yourself?
4: Yeah. Hi. So uh, I'm Anthony. I'm a junior from North Carolina. Um, I'm the executive director of World Awareness Association uh, and I enjoy rock climbing in my free time.
3: Awesome. So as we mentioned, you're the executive director of the World Awareness Association. So what was your inspiration behind that? I know you're also really into advocacy, activism and social work. So how did that all kind of come together and how did you get inspired to do that?
4: so ever since i was young i would always travel with my family uh to different countries uh india oman um, spain france italy so i had a lot of experiences in different countries with um, you know different cultures and lifestyles um and as i got older and you know started paying more attention to you know how people lived and the experiences that they were given it kind of hit me that you know I'm very lucky to live in the States and you know be able to uh, enjoy everything that I have and a lot of people don't have the same opportunities that I do Um, and you know the more I started looking into it I realized that not only is there not a lot of information out there about you know different cultures and different lifestyles um, that's available especially to teenagers but that nothing was really appealing to my age group. And so having so a way for, you know, teenagers and young adults to learn about something that they're interested in and then figure out how to get involved uh, was kind of just, you know, my vision for the organization. And it, it's just been a way that I can, I and other people as well can share um, their passion for activism and advocacy uh in a wide range of topics
1: yeah your your journey is really inspiring and honestly i think what you guys are doing is pretty awesome um i know a large part of your organization is focused on blog posts so i was just wondering how do you think that impacts awareness and how what do you think the importance of it throughout
4: so I think um, we try and focus more on content. So we have an editing team, but we, we open up our posts to pretty much any teenager and young adult that wants to write about something, um, just because it's not fair to limit it based on writing ability. And so having it as a blog just allows us to, A, translate it to other languages. You know, like I said, you have people in other countries like France and Spain and Germany and Italy that speak other languages, but still deserve to have the same opportunities to learn and get involved um, as Americans and English speaking individuals do. And so, yeah, we focus on our blog and our social media, Instagram and Facebook mostly. Um, and because of that, we get to appeal to a different language than most um like normal news organizations do, um, like on TV and magazines and newspapers. You know, I watch the news, but because my parents do, you know, not usually by choice. And so we try and make it to where teenagers and people that are on their computers and their phones can access information that they wanna know about in a um, laid back and fun to read kind of way.
2: Yeah, um, and in that vein, I'm just going to chime in for a second. I know I've spent a little bit of time on your website, and I know a lot of the issues that you talk about from like LGBTQ rights to Indigenous rights, those are, I would say, some pretty complicated or at least have nuanced different sections to those issues. And so I was just wondering, because for me, I know, it took me a while to sort of discover an interest and passion for Humanitarian issues. So, I was wondering when you guys are writing or working on your blog, do you make a conscious effort to try to simplify to engage more teenagers if that's your target audience?
4: We do actually, and um, as I mentioned, our entire um, team is teenagers. Um, We have an a senior and she's 17, but everyone else is younger. And so obviously, you know, um, a lot of us come from Stanford, the high school, but some of us don't. And so, you know, we all come from different backgrounds with different writing um, class experiences. And so we try and write um, informationally, but also in a way that anyone can understand, Um, even adults, you know, and so, yeah
3: yeah that's that's really great i love what you're doing as well and i was just wondering if you could expand a little bit on your work in indigenous rights and kind of your thoughts on that um yeah because it's just something that's interesting to all of us i know we were discussing that before coming on
4: so um pretty much i um you know, there's not a lot of information. Well, there's plenty of information, but there's not a lot of um, like public knowledge about not only the lifestyle of Native Americans and indigenous individuals, but also of the rights that they're afforded because um, yes, they live in the United States, but they aren't always treated the same. And, you know, I'm sure all of us know the, the past that they've had to endure for hundreds of years, you know? And so, um, for example, the page that we have, it it lists some of their rights, so protection from discrimination and the right to social services, um, but also things like they're allowed to control their land. So land that is given to them and is designated their land, they get to do what they want with it. And an issue that I'm seeing more and more of, um, especially, in recent years is you have a lot of um, individuals and government officials and um, the leadership of our country in particular that wants to take away land um, for you know mining or oil or you know farming or whatever it be um, even though technically that that's not only is it not technically allowed but it's not right in any way, you know, because, you know, not only have we taken the whole country, but we're continuing to infringe on, you know, their ability to live the lifestyle that they have for hundreds of years. Um, and so, you know, even when you see an article that says, um, land taken from Native Americans for oil drilling, it, the focus isn't really on, you know, the in, indigenous people in those areas. It's more on, you know, what they're gonna do with the oil or what, how they're gonna get oil from there, where it's gonna go. And so I think it's important to realize that even though it's talked about, it's never really expanded on. And, you know, there are certainly people out there that don't know about it or do know about it and want to get involved. And so that's kind of why um, we have that page.
0: Yeah, that's really cool because like Puja was saying, all of these topics that are on your your website they 're also very like supposedly you can call them mainstream right from right. you know LGBTQ plus to uh, climate impact, very famous from Greta Thunberg, um, all of these, and then you have indigenous rights um, it 's really cool because you know your your whole goal of your website is to educate teenagers mainly right and also mm-hmm. any other audience. And by educating them, right, you're saying that you want to kind of cultivate this awareness in them from that. And then from that awareness as well, you want to cultivate the understanding. But then from the understanding and being able to know about this stuff, then comes the action, right? So what in uh, particular can people do to, I guess, put activism towards that particular topic? Or is there anything that like you and your team, in particular, have in mind uh, in terms of doing that?
4: So it's kind of a difficult topic and we try and, um, we're nonpartisan, so we won't say for one way or another, you know, vote for him, vote for her. Um, and so that, that kind of, it limits us as to what we can say, because, you know, a lot of it is political, unfortunately, even though activism a lot of the time shouldn't be, because the stuff that we're discussing and trying to change isn't a you know, right versus left thing, it's a, it's, you know, a lot of time, it's it's a crisis, you know, things need to change. And, you know, for example, the indigenous rights there, it's, you know, like I said, it's a difficult concept, because for years, we've asserted our dominance over them. And so it's not as easy as just, you know, emailing your representative or sending a letter, because it's a constant battle, you know, you may stop them from taking the, land a but they may already have plans to take land b you know and so i always feel that you know emailing representatives calling if you can um i'm a fan of filling out petitions uh there's a lot of controversy as to how effective that actually is but i feel for putting your name and email address down it can't really get much better than that right i mean um, I I know for sure if nothing else and this is a point that I always make when someone you know complains about how effective it is if nothing else you're still raising awareness you know I mean when you have a petition that has a million plus uh, signatures that's definitely getting a lot of attention you know you're gonna be sending that to friends you're gonna be sending that to family you know it's gonna show up on Instagram and other social media platforms and so I think really my goal through the organization if nothing else even if you can't specifically do something is awareness does make a difference it may not be in five years it may not be in 10 years but at some point um, this is going to be you know the majority of the population our generation and if we are all aware of a particular issue when we're the ones that can actually make that difference it's going to be easier for us to get involved so
1: I completely agree with that goal. To be honest, I'm a big advocate for education because I feel like awareness and education is what's going to change the upcoming generations and Unfortunately, just with our current generations. It just feel like they were kind of stagnant in when it comes to change. I like that your premise is bringing awareness. And I also like that you said that you're nonpartisan because I feel like even if you have strong values on either end, just being exposed to both sides of the story will give you more knowledge in your area and also like, spark a conversation with the other side because I think that's what really brings change. So I really like your whole organization by, for, by students for students and I'm just really happy that there's organizations like you out there, so.
3: Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, And also kind of to touch on the indigenous rights, I think it's really important that you guys are touching on that, especially because, as you said, if the indigenous populations are being pushed out, they're also having nowhere else to go. And then at that point, they're having to assimilate into a community or a culture that they're not actually supposed to or want to be. Um, assimilated into, and I think that's been a huge problem in US history too. I remember learning about that last year and I found that like pretty new to me. I hadn't really been exposed to that. And so I think it's really great that you guys are touching upon that because everybody has a right to retain and maintain their own culture without having to be um, pushed into the same mold as everybody else. And I think that's also why a lot of indigenous populations are dying out. So I think that's really awesome that you guys are touching on that and emphasizing that in your um, in your association yeah I don't mean to backtrack but I found something that
0: you said really interesting Anthony Um, and also because like Sophie was talking about this too something that is very difficult in the humanitarian activism advocacy realm is like what you said being like everything is very political that's so like such a big part of everything right everything right now from business and a lot of the advocacy world is political like you said um personally being on social media or wherever it is I have definitely encountered struggle in terms of being politically neutral or like I don't want to say like politically correct um but like you know trying to keep it as far away from uh, politics as possible, such that, you know, that's actually, like, an interesting concept, because, like, why are we staying away from that? Why are we trying to stay politically neutral? Like, c- could you talk a bit about that? Because I'm very intrigued to hear, like, how you guys actually navigate that, um, because different people have different ways of doing so, and um, why?
4: So, um, I'll start with the why, and then I'll I'll delve into the how. So why, um, kind of like you guys said, it it helps us appeal to a wider audience. You know, if we're on one side of the spectrum, mostly you're not gonna have someone from the other side that's interested in reading. You know, they're gonna read one article, see that it's right leaning or left leaning, and then just immediately leave um, and not come back. You know, which we want to um, encourage people to return and continue to find information and resources that allow them to get involved. Um, And so in terms of the how, um you know we obviously we're not going to endorse anyone we're not going to say you know vote for him if you support climate change you know or if you support fighting climate change um you know or don't vote for this person because of this you know and so it is difficult but to this point we haven't really run into any issues um and i haven't had this conversation with my authors other than just saying you know you're not allowed to write anything um, politically. And, you know, like you said, that's a very hard thing to do. Um, luckily, I think the topics that we're covering, you know, such as climate change and black lives matter, although they're becoming more of a political issue, the information that comes at the root of these problems, doesn't have to be taken in a political manner. You know, I can say that there's racial inequality or um, bias in policing from a non-political standpoint because there are facts and statistics that support that. You know, I can say that climate change is getting worse because there are studies and statistics that show that. And that's not a political statement, even if some take it to be one. And so, like you said, social media has made a lot of this worse and people, you know, argue and complain and say, oh, this is bad, this is good. And I think, you know, as teenagers, like you, like I said, like you guys said, we're going to, we're the next generation, you know, it's going to be on us to make the change that we need to. And so I personally, as hard as it is, I try not to respond to Instagram comments, you know, I follow change, the change without the A Instagram page. And I always read the comments partially for entertainment and also because I like seeing what people have to say, because if I see a comment that I don't agree with, I'm going to go and do research so I can make sure I have the right viewpoint on that. You know, not that there's necessarily a right versus wrong, but that, so I can understand and make sure that I have the right um, information on that topic, because, you know, I don't want to go out and tell my mom or my dad or my brother, you know, this happened. And that be the wrong information. And that's kind of our whole goal is that we provide true, credible information, you know, from a wide range of sources. Um, And we always cite our sources. Usually it's just a link down at the bottom of the article. Um, But I personally, I try to stay away, you know, from CNN and Fox News, but, you know, if I have to, you know, because sometimes you can't find a lot of information on a topic, you know, and so I try and always supplement that with another page um, or official government or um, like a college study information. Uh, But, you know, I know that's kind of getting off track, but it's really, it's a difficult concept to stay nonpartisan when a lot of the issues that are facing humanity Are becoming political issues. And so I think it's important that we acknowledge that not everything needs to be political because, you know, saving lives and saving, you know, the earth is not a right versus wrong thing. It's either you do it or you don't. And I would think that one of them is the obvious right choice.
0: Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, Oh, wait, Andrew, I think, wanted also to say something. I'll let him go.
2: Yeah, so I mean, I know we're probably about to transition into talking a little bit more about like the current events with Black Lives Matter, but before we get into that, I just wanted to ask because I know generally on this show we've hosted more, more like one issue focused groups, but I'm just curious as someone who's running an organization which sort of focuses on a broad variety of issues, are you, how do you feel about focusing on sort of like what's the most in the moment? Like current going on issues versus like sort of pounding the same drum like indigenous rights isn't something that I would say like is Super like something Correct. new and different is happening yeah. now So I'm just curious what you guys do
4: about that. So, um, at this time we have about half a dozen authors um, a couple of us are pretty consistent with writing um, and so it, it kind of ends up being that we have a list of I think like a dozen to 20 topics that we want to write about and I have scheduled posts for, I think like a week and a half now. And so, um, like I've written them and they're, they're scheduled to automatically post for a week and a half now. And so the problem is writing about current events, the information isn't always known. You know, there are things like the wildfires in California and Oregon and Washington that Yeah, they're current and they're important, but everyone also knows about them. You know, I mean, you look at anywhere, you know, the news, social media, a magazine, um, and you're gonna see it. And so personally, I'm not in a hurry to say, you know, there's wildfires. I would be more interested in saying the wildfires are caused, you know, by the gender reveal party or this, and then say, you know, how people can get involved to you know keep that from happening, not necessarily just not having gender reveal parties, but by you know the solutions to the climate change that's um, making these fires worse and so I, I don't know if that answered your question but it's not the current events that we write about it's it's difficult because the information is always changing if it's a current event and so a lot of times we'll put something at the beginning that says we'll update it or you know this was written on and so we acknowledge that the information isn't going to be accurate a week from now um but yeah
3: yeah i really appreciate what you said about um how you read through the comments and you try to educate yourself before giving a response because you want to give the correct the not the correct i guess the most educated response that you can give and one of the statements on your most recent blog um, about black lives matter um, really resonated with all of us and it was i don't see color so could you explain what that statement means and kind of why that's probably not the best statement to use um, the impacts of that statement.
4: So, um, I'm not going to stand up for the people that say it, but I I understand why it can appear to be a good thing to say, you know, I don't see color, you know, you're saying supposedly that you don't see a difference between people of color and, um, ethnically white individuals. Um, and so, you know, I, I acknowledge how that can seem like a good thing to say, but I'm, you know, I'm here to say that that is absolutely probably one of the worst things that you could say because it appears to be a good thing. But in reality, it, it, it is mostly going to be taken as a racist statement and you know it's You're basically saying that you're you are choosing to ignore the struggles that people of color or are going through and you know whether or not you're doing that on purpose is pointless you know that, that really doesn't make a difference because you're acknowledging that you don't see color and that you know it's it's not a fair thing to say to make you seem like a better person because you know saying that you don't see color is not the same as saying you know all races should be equal you know because they're obviously not and there are obviously issues that we're still experiencing and so I think that to say that and alongside the other ones I had were um, things like you know white privilege doesn't exist and you know you don't sound black which you know I, I hate saying those things you know because even though I'm saying them in the context of explaining why they're bad you know it's you know i don't understand how someone could say that and not understand how it can come across as derogatory or offensive but you know that's not for me to judge and that's kind of part of my organization and i hope the way in a way that it can grow is that it's not anyone's job to say what someone else can or cannot feel you know i can't tell indigenous people in the united states oh we're we're perfectly legally taking your land so what you know I mean I don't care but I do care you know it's my job and it's our job to make sure that we preserve their culture and preserve their lifestyle and I, um, I got off the page but on the website the indigenous rights page it has a bunch of statistics and one of them was from the late 1800s to I think the mid 1900s Uh, I believe there were over 100 million acres that were taken from um, Native American, like, preservations. Uh, And I I could be wrong on that number, so don't don't quote me on that. But um, uh, I think, you know, you always have to look at things and it goes back to how over time, statistics and information changes, you never really know, you know? And so if you're unsure about saying something like, I don't see color or, you know, you don't sound Black or Asian, if you're not sure, don't say it, right, you know, it's a pretty straightforward idea, you know, if you're in a math class and you don't know the answer, I know I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say an answer, if I'm 100% sure that I don't know what the answer is, I'm not going to come up on camera and microphone and give an answer, you know, so I think kind of apply your life experiences when you're talking about racism or rights for minorities and stuff like that, because I think you'll find that not only are you in a better position, but people are going to be more willing to listen to what you have to say, even if they disagree with you. Because if I come across someone in an Instagram comment that is obviously willing to learn, I'm going to be more likely to respond and try and give them information. Whether or not they change their mind, I can't decide that but giving them information that's reliable and accurate could be the difference between them not knowing about something, you know? And so I think yeah. that, that kind of goes for, you know, the Black Lives Matter, um, the sentences and the statements that I have and pretty much everything else, you know, educating someone is never a bad thing. Um, and, you know, I, I made a note on here um, and it says, sometimes people don't know that what they said was offensive and so you know accusing them of something is not always a good way to go about it and don't you know they could come back and say well that's not what i meant that's not the point you know they said something and whether or not that's how they meant it you know you can say in a nice way you know that's not what that means or it doesn't mean what you think it meant you know or i took it in a different way how about next time you say this you know and so
0: Yeah, yeah. I think, wow, you've touched upon so many points. So I was like, okay, where to begin? Um, First of all, I think overarching it to make it, well, it's not a simple topic to make it a bit simpler. It's a matter of like acknowledgement versus not acknowledging it, right? Um, Right. That's the big overall thing that kind of you were talking about, right? Whether like you don't know it, don't say it like in math class. personally I'd beg to differ because like how else are you going to learn in math
4: unless you don't? no no I know Um, it it was it was more of a and I don't mean to interject it was more of a you know don't don't push your information or your beliefs on someone if you can't necessarily back them up you know I'm not just going to say the sky is red if you can look out the window and see that it's blue right you know I mean the point is you, you know have information and you know don't purposely not acknowledge and receive information that's available to you especially now you know you have right. google you have tv you have anything you could really want you know right. and so not not having information is not an excuse
0: yeah, yeah that totally makes sense i think the next thing that i want to like touch upon as well was like so what if you do have that information though like um is it i, I don't it's not about right or wrong but like Do you advocate for, in a certain situation, to be like, if I do know it and I'm aware of it, do you still say it? Because then again, it's like to not say or to say, because right now, especially with the current state of how fragile the current world topic of it is, it's quite a big thing, and it's going to have a lot of impact no matter what you say, right? Like if you said something, you said it. Um, So to say or not to say?
4: Yeah. I think, you know, like I said, you can always say to someone nicely, um, that's not a good thing to say. You know, I mean, just say it like that, you know, I or I don't think that means what you think it means, you know, and then explain to them what it, what it actually means. Um, and so I think, you know, that's an excellent question to say or not to say, you know, obviously Shakespeare. Um, but um, I think it's kind of one of those things where like, you know, even the information that we're giving on a nonpartisan um, way of thinking, it can be taken politically. You know, the information that we're giving in a non-affiliated manner can be used to push an agenda for one side or the other. And so I think it, it, it never really should, although I admit that it does, come down to political affiliation because I'm not gonna tell someone just because they believe this or believe that, that they shouldn't be able to access, you know, our information or other information because if they have that information and the ability to access it and are choosing not to or are choosing to but still believe the way that they do, it's not for me to tell them whether that's right or wrong. And like you said, it's not really a question of right or wrong because, you know, I believe that I'm right and you believe you're right and everyone else believes that they're right. Otherwise they wouldn't think that way. You know, I mean, I don't know anyone that has a political or economical or whatever you have belief, but they think it's wrong. You know, I mean that that just kind of goes against our nature. And so, you know it it does come back to right versus wrong but there really isn't a right versus wrong because it depends on the person and so I I think it's a it's a very deep conversation that isn't for today but oh yeah
0: um, (laughs) I mean like I I don't mean to like probe further but you know how in one of your projects as well for LBTQ plus it has like the whole it's like a dictionary, but like simplified for yeah. all of the terms, right, in terms of identity. Now, here's what begs the question for me. You know how like on all our bios, right, cause you know, mm-hmm. 21st century kids, we've yeah. got Instagram and Facebook and all those cool bios, you know, and it's become more of a normal thing now ever than before, right, and something that maybe our parents don't like necessarily see eye to eye on. like. You know, my, my mom was talking to me the other day and was like, Chloe, what's bisexual? Like, what are all these terms? And she was like, also, because we're seniors, we're going through our common app, common app, like five years ago, didn't have all of the terms that you can identify yourself as like 20 some terms compared to like like, before, right? Before it's just Mm -hmm. like you're female or male. Now, understandably, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Now, that's a more normal thing now, right? That in your emails, in your bios, that you go, I refer to myself with she slash her, hers pronouns. You might Mm -hmm. refer to yourself as they, theirs, and you might refer to yourself as him, his. Like, it keeps going. Now, regarding ethnicity, is that something that, like, you know, you're talking about saying or not saying? Is that something that is gonna be normalized, I think? Like, this is. More philosophical, I guess, or like just begging the question: Is that something that is going to add to that category? Like, do do I need to make it clear? Because also, it's a matter of acknowledging our differences and accepting that, right? What What you were saying, right? And a whole bunch of the conversation was like saying, "I don't see color." You're 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 purposefully, or not purposefully, but with that statement, you're completely ignoring everything of their struggles and the differences mm-hmm. in your ethnicity that makes it yeah. harder for them or easier for you and kind of just brushing that over. Now, Mm. by making that clear and saying that, is that something that we need to do or not?
4: Um, So I think it's a difficult thing because, you know, we obviously need to acknowledge the struggles that every person experiences and, you know, mental health to women's issues to um, over-sexualization, you know, whatever it may be. You know, I think it's important to acknowledge that, but it it does end up becoming a personal choice on whether you decide to learn your, learn about it, educate yourself and get involved or change your opinion. Because I mean, I've seen people in, on Instagram particularly where I've sent information that is credible, you know, from a government source and they still choose not to see what it is that I'm explaining to them, you know, and I can't make them see something. And so, you know, kind of, what I've done on our website with the LGBTQ+, you know, they're called labels, but it is a choice, you know, you can choose what you want to identify as, you know, it's what you want, you know, he, him, they, them, uh, she, her, you know, it's your choice, and so I think, personally, I have my pronouns in my Instagram bio, because, you know, and I've started, you know, whenever I'm talking to someone new, they, them, Regardless of you know it, whether it, it appears to be a, a guy or a girl, you don't know until you know them. You know, and you don't know for sure, and you shouldn't assume until you've clarified. So, a simple question like "What are your pronouns?" or "What pronouns do you prefer?" is you know, I like to be asked that. You know, even though you know mine conform to society, there are peoples that don't, and you know, it can be very traumatizing for them. Uh, whether they admit it or not, to be mischaracterized with pronouns or, you know, even a name that they prefer to go by. Uh, I don't know if that answered your question, but um, I know we're running low on time, so.
0: No, yeah, I think that was a, that was a uh, you know, relevant response. In my head, I'm, I'm just like, you know, what a world would be like going like, my name is Chloe. I use she, her, her pronouns. Like, <laughs> that, that's my normal thing. Um, anyway, yeah, as we are, you know, reaching time. I think that's, again, another uh, discussion for another episode, but this is really great, and we had a really great conversation with you, Anthony. Really grateful that you came on.
4: Thank you for having me.
3: Yeah, this was a really good discussion, and the main things I think that we should all draw from this is that you just have to be aware, and in order to be aware, you have to educate yourself.
0: Yeah, so thank you guys for listening to Blurred Box with Chloe, Pooja, Sophie, and Andrew.
1: If you like our show and want to know more, please check us out on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or please leave us a review on iTunes.
2: And be sure to join us next week or in two weeks from now, I think, for another episode of Blurred Box, and we'll be releasing every other Sunday.
3: We would love to hear your feedback, suggestions, and questions, which you can email to blurredbox88 at gmail.com. And if you want to learn more, you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Blurred Box for the latest updates. You can
0: also go find more stuff on Anthony at worldawarenessassociation.org. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.
1: Bye. Thank Thank
3: you.